Like the, the girls can see us. <laughs> oh, what's we that? are we are fully live, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Tries to tell Chaz four times we are live. I know, right? So, um, everyone that is uh, at the in light location for Black Matter Productions, welcome to Black Matter Podcast. Um, we'll do a little hand clap. Uh, you can clap for us too if you're there. Um, ooh, child, she has a hand clap somewhere. Applause. Yay! Welcome to 2020 In Light. This is a Black Matter podcast, and I'm your host, uh, Chaz Antoine. Um, I don't know where to look because I want to look at my beautiful friend, Miss Aurora. And hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> so I'm excited that you're here tonight. I'm excited to be here. And a part of what we're going to be talking about tonight for folks who um, are not familiar with Black Matter Podcasts um, or the work of Dr. Chaz Antoine and Dr. Aurora Higgs. Hey, come on, speculation. Right? And um, first of all, I just want to let you know for the listeners who have been listening to my podcast, I thank you so much because, you know, we've come from a riggedy, riggedy, raggedy place. This is the first night of me premiering my um, new microphones. Ooh, yes. Expensive. Reparations in practice is a thing, right? It, it really is, though. And so one of the things that we're, well, we're going to be talking about many things tonight. I hope that y'all can see all the beautifulness that is happening here. Um, so I want to set the, the frame for just where we are by saying that we're not only um, at, you know, Richmond 2020 Inlight, um, we're going to be, you know, engaging with some theoretical and practical um, conversations around deception and the art of scamming and the ways in which black people, black queer people, um, subvert these systems that are designed to kind of steal our black joy, as I said in my recording. And so with that being said, that is why you do not have complete access to us tonight. And we are live streaming from a undisclosed location. Um, mm, where but, are we? <laughs> but to give a little bit more of a, a frame about that location, I'm going to... Um, turn it over to my friend Anjali Moon, who's going to give us some information about where we are tonight. Her Flowers is a mural uh, commissioned by Africana as a part of our five-year multi-day festival. Uh, it is designed to give reverence, honor, um, and respect to Black women across this country whose lives have been taken um, at the hands of state sanctioned violence, uh, most specifically uh, via police brutality. Um, these women all lost their lives between the times of 1984 uh, and the present. Some of these names that you'll see are well known, some you may have never heard of, uh, but all of them were loved and cared for by people, and so we wanted to offer a space of reverence. Um, one of the other things that's really special about the mural for me is the people who actually brought it to life. So I reached out to eight black male painters in the area to see if they would uh, intentionally come in and hold space for black women because we understand that's part of the conversation and part of the shift uh, that is taking place is ensuring that more than black women are giving that level of regard to our lives. And so they, without hesitation, stepped up uh, to make this piece possible. That is Hamilton Glass, S. Ross Brown, Julian Green, Jason Ford, Sir James Thornhill, Amiri Richardson Keys, David Marion, and Silly Genius. I appreciate all of those brothers for understanding the importance of a piece like this, um, especially in a time like this. It has been an honor for Africana to be able to create a space of reflection um, in reverence, and we hope that people uh, will come and kind of soak in the blessing that is life at the same time thinking through what has been lost uh, through not only the passing of these women, but the level of uh, fallout that comes um, from the family and friends and community uh, that these uh, their lives impacted. But then also in us having a system that still allows for uh, the blatant disregard and value of any life, but especially Black life in this country. We hope that this mural can hold some level of space for moving us into a stronger and better place. 
One of the reasons why we are here tonight um, in front of the Give Her Her Flowers mural is to not just hold space for black women's lives who have been lost, but also the many lives that have been impacted by that. And so in reflecting through um, Anjali's words about the importance of the mural, I wanted to really make um, a point about it not just being um, a reflection of one's own life, but also um, what has been lost through not only black women's lives, but the lives um, that they touch. Um, so we must think about even still uh, that we are in a moment where there is an ongoing threat to our lives, and we must think, additionally think about how we take back and center um, our humanity, our joy, um, the things that bring us pleasure, um, our intimacy, and you know, this, this um, you know, taking back the narrative about um, black life and black experiences. And so with uh, Black Matter being here tonight at InLight, specifically in front of this beautiful um, mural that I hope that y'all um, get a chance to see, um, but not tonight because tonight we're holding space uh, for us to be here and to celebrate our lives and to have some joy. Um, I really want to think about uh, joy as a practice and, and black joy as a critical practice. And I don't want to think about it just through um, academic ways or theoretical ways or metaphorical ways, but really in like practical ways. And so um, for new folks who are listening to Black Matter podcasts, um, one of the reasons why I chose the name Black Matter is because of, you know, there is a, obviously there is a movement called Black Lives Matter, which um, you must be living in Iraq if you don't know about, right? Um, and I think within Black Lives Matter, the narrative is um, sometimes reduced to us having to fight for our survival, having to, um, you know, teach and, and, and yell on top of you know, the mountaintop that our lives matter, that our humanities matter. And I think sometimes we don't get space to talk about the black matter, right? Like the pleasure, the joy, the um, complicated, complex, nuanced experiences in the ways in which that like everybody's, uh, that every black life um, matters and black life is fine art and the things in our communities and at our auntie's kitchen table, right? That we don't get to um, talk about when we're constantly reduced to um, begging and pleading and trying to teach why it's important for us to, um, to live, right? And so I recognize that it's important to um, hold space for the names that are on this mural. And I'm gonna be talking a lot about my mom tonight and other black women in my life who um, make me remember that my life matters and who do it in practice, um, not just in theoretical ways. Um, and so I also want to be Clear that tonight we want to hold space for the joy and the pleasure that uh, the names behind me have, have touched um, and the names of black women who uh, are still here who um, again remind us the, the beautifulness of um, black life every day. I'm very happy to have you here tonight Aurora and I want to give you an opportunity to tell the girls a little bit about you um, and then we're gonna Fade this conversation with the 40 minutes that we have left. We're going to fade it into talking about Kana artistry and um, the importance of recognizing and learning from everyday Black matter. Thank you so much for saying that. I think that it's so easy to forget um, about Blackness without the frame of like trauma porn. And so mm -hmm. I when I found out about your uh, scholarship and, um, you know, years ago, it really hit me like how radical that is because people don't want to hear about how we're happy and how we're um, not perpetuating the story of being strong despite adversity. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens to the story when we just make the adversity uh, irrelevant and start making um, our pleasure the center of discussion? And so a little bit about me. Um, my name is Aurora Higgs, um, soon to be Dr. Aurora Higgs. Yes. And by soon, I mean in like five to six years. Um, You're already a doctor of your own experience that's now. That's very true. As very clear in the film. Pretty. That's very true. I am a PhD in my experience. Um, I am from Richmond, Virginia. Originally, I grew up in the South Side, um, extremely impoverished. I... I don't say that as a point of um, kind of being like this rags to riches thing, but it 
for me, it's really important to note um, that I came from a really disenfranchised background um, because it informs the way that I think. It informs the way that I show up in academia. Um, I am also an activist, a speaker, a consultant, a burlesque performer. Um, and in my dissertation, uh, I really would love to uh, study uh, how technology can facilitate things like kinship and um, chosen families and kind of this idea of like, how can I be like a mother, but like not a mother of children, but rather like the mother of a house, like in ball culture, how can I do that electronically? And how can I create an, um, an e-community, if you will, or um, utilize a platform to um, make sure that um, we are taking care of one another? Because oftentimes these social media platforms are vehicles to convey like hate speech and rhetoric to black trans women in particular. So I want to know what it looks like to subvert that and maybe even play around with like the idea of like taboo as um, subverting this idea that we have to be respectable as black trans people or as marginalized people in general. So um, I really want to play around with the practice of going like balls to the wall in the other direction and just being like disrespectable, being like a hoochie mama, like as my mom used to say. Um, so now my aspirations are to be a hoochie mama, like a yes. hoochie and a mama, like to, to my people. So, yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted you to specifically be a part of this kind of like in light uh, lit series of Black Matter podcasts and honoring our everyday black experiences as beautiful and as fine art and um, holding space for our joy through, remember, through remembrance of black women who have touched my life and yours um, is because of the ways in which we need to clock how many times academics in the audience we need to clock how many times I say the ways in which because you know these scholars love saying it and it's yes. now conditioned in me right yes. like Ooh. Mine is such that and the phrase and wherein. So I always say such that or wherein I. Yeah. I need to stop saying the ways in which because mm -hmm. I don't have tenure yet. So. I know, right? <laughs> Ain't nobody paying us for these uh, these jargon, right? Yeah. yeah. These, what do they call ten dollar? Um, yeah, like ten dollar words or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I wanted to bring you on because so you were an everyday Black Matter film. Uh, Y'all in the audience, hand clap for your beautiful scene. Um, but I think that you definitely live a life where you are, you know, centering your identity on your own terms. And I feel like there's so much talk about um, respectability politics right now. And I think that black people, specifically, specifically black women, are carrying the torch when it comes to, you know, demanding that we are um, showing up into space, whether it be institution, whatever, mm -hmm. as ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and being respected um, as ourselves and that being enough and being seen as ourselves. And so what I'm talking about without getting too academic, fuck code switching right. and all these ways that, you know, blackness as it is, as we are, mm -hmm. is police. Yeah. And I'm not just talking to black people, I'm talking to the ways that, you know, uh, white supremacy kind of fuels, you know, itself uh, and permeates through black bodies as well, where we're still having to talk about um, stop killing us, stop killing black trans women, um, you know, see, hear my pronouns, um, understand that uh, black male identity can be fluid, right? Mm -hmm. And can be, and can play with gender and recognizing the ways in which that some young black men, um, my pronouns are he, him, they, them. Some um, black men can um, learn masculinity through, you know, being around black women. Yeah. And so I love that you helped me to, you know, hold space on this platform for the fluid, complicated, and nuancedness yes. that happens in everyday black life. And so with that said, we are going to create our own little uh, ritual tonight, mm -hmm. if you will. And yes. you are going to um, put on a nice lip for me. Yes, I am. And um, we will continue our conversation about con artistry there, yeah. um, from there. And so while we're doing this, um, shout out to my friend Julian, who uh, gifted me with my first um, lip stick, um, which obviously, if you can't tell, my favorite color is orange. Um, I want you to tell me a story about, you know, what putting on your makeup and putting on a, a look um, as a black trans woman, as a, as a black woman, as a queer person, um, as a Richmonder, like all of the things that uh, come together to make you you. Um, tell me about your, your beauty aesthetic and how you've come into uh, yourself through looking fabulous. Yes. <laughs> as I almost just Bear with skin. us. And... Um, don't forget, uh, while Aurora's getting ready, that um, our cash apps, 
Moment of silence for Run Me My Money. Um, our cash apps are um, on the screen, I hope. Yes, shout out to my um, friend Keith. There are some dope white people that are called comrades who can really help us pull this uh, shit off because, you know, without a white man, I don't know how we would pull this off because y'all be having them tech skills. <laughs> I mean, they say, the, they say the master's tools can't dismantle the master's house, but I say, shoot. Well, we're going to make the master work for a right. uh, volunteer hour tonight. <laughs> So thank you for volunteering. Shout out to Keys uh, for special effects. Uh, all the stuff that you're doing is dope. Um, so yes, our cash apps are, I think, on the screen. Um, see, Andy Cohen, you are not the only person who could run and watch what happens live show, honey. Uh. Um, our cash apps are on the screen, and that is not just for your like viewing pleasure. Um, <laughs> a part of me being in the academy, being a scholar, being in academia, whatever you want to call it, being Dr. Chaz, is to... Um, disrupt the ways in which we oh three times disrupt the ways that we are constantly um reduced to theory right ending racism in theory paying reparations in theory mm -hmm. let's do it in practice and so if you are here tonight and you are non-black identifying um you see this beautiful mural behind me that black artists contributed to um their names are on the recording that anjali um laid out for you send them a cash app or a venmo aurora and my um cash app or venmo is on the screen um, all of the black artists who helped the film Everyday Black Matter uh, be a thing um, worked for volunteer or minimal pay because they believed in the project. And I think, as Aurora said, what's your favorite, what's your quote? Not your favorite quote, but. We can make anything out of nothing, but do not make us. Period. And so I think it's very important that if you are non-black and you are in this audience tonight, that you, you know, think about what reparations looks like in practice and you um, start to really pay your um, black artists, local black friends, all, you know, the black folks who have been out here doing it, like moi. Mm. And so that was one of the reasons why it's important for my artistic aesthetic and my scholarship to always provide opportunities for um, reparations to be paid um, as an as a everyday practice, whether it's $5 or $5,000, um, we can make use of it, right? This podcast equipment ain't, ain't free. And we know that, like, Billy has more access to getting this stuff than Chaz. So, hey, up. You so know? help us, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> and shout out to um, everybody that worked on Everyday Black Matter Film. Uh, if you're there, if you're here tonight at Inlight, you definitely should um, follow me on Instagram at life underscore Chaz. And check the link to watching Everyday Black Matter Film because it is a film that was basically curated from the nuanced and beautiful, complicated conversations that I've had on this podcast. So I want to say I love everybody that helped me with this film. Honey, learn how to use yes, this. Okay, come on. here we go. We this. won't need a white man one day. <laughs> I don't need one now. Uh, Keys. Uh, uh, <laughs> Make sure you queue up that cash app watch, now. Watch Keys leave and be like, we screwed. Okay. And I have my phone right here, so I'm looking for cash apps from Becky, Rebecca, Billy, Billy, um, Bailey, Bailey, Brooklyn, Rebecca with the A. Oh, with <laughs> the A and an H at the at the um, end. Tom. Mm -hmm. Who else? Uh, oh, Cindy. <laughs> uh, Cindy's a good one. Sarah. Pay black artists now. That's that's the point. And not that anyone asked, but my um, Instagram is at Aurora. Who is she? All one word. And also, if you go to the link in my bio, in my link tree, there is a link to Chaz's um, Everyday Black Matter. Uh, and I, and I don't want folks to feel like we're changing the tone from, you know, honoring black women who have lost their lives um, at the hand of artistry. But I yeah. do want to make it clear that tonight... Tonight, Black Matter is holding space for Black joy. And yes. we are not only remembering the folks who have been lost by the hands of the state, but we're also thinking about um, the something else that was there. And what I mean by that is like the joy, the happiness, the pleasure, and the ways in which that like two Black queens can get together and, you know, two Black queens can get together in 2020. Mm hold -hmm. space for that in this current moment yep. and cultivate space for us to just put on a lip, love on each other, um, and do it in a way that is intentionally for us, right? Yeah. That's why we're not sitting outside in front of you, and that's why you're watching us on a screen, because tonight is not about you. It's about us, right? And we really wanted um, to just be here and, you know, still use the Enlight platform um, and the coin to do something that, that brings us love and that celebrates the mural and that celebrates Black life and that holds space for just, like, the fun that we're going to have tonight. Yes. Cheers, girl. Yeah, oh, hold on. Cheers. Cheers. I don't know. See... I don't drink beer, so I don't know what uh, Girl, what drinks, Billy from you know Charlottesville taught you that. But. Honey, listen, she drinks I'm anything a, with an ABV listed on the side of the what bottle. What does that mean? The alcohol. Uh, 
oh. alcohol by volume. Okay, okay so teach okay. me about this because right. I'm coming into my, you know, my. Yeah. 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 You're, yeah, you're, you're, mm, mm. yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yes. Okay, let me pull this uh, microphone closer to where I'm actually going to be because I'm going to be all up in your face for an intimate. And we're going to play with the sounds that we have queued up for tonight. What we got? Ooh, we got a little con artistry. What will you say now that What is it? What's the phrase? Um, Don't do anything. No, oh, okay, not that. Okay. What were you thinking about? I thought it was from the Lemonade. Um, what will you say at my funeral now that you've killed me? That's what, that's what <laughs> I want to see. Okay. All right, let's do it. All right. Tell so, me about, so tell me your story while you're. Come uh, closer, darling. Okay. Come to mother. Ooh, should I stand up? Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah. We got to wait. We got to shout out the jumpsuit. Keys, can we, can we get the jumpsuit? Sasha Williams, who designed the do-rags in Everyday Black Matter film, um, did this dope Black Matter jumpsuit for tonight. So another black woman who is doing it in Richmond, who is here now and who is dope. Also, Sasha, I'm, I'm like a 12 or a 14. So like, you know, I, uh, orange is also my favorite color. So, And I do want to say, like, I work with some dope ass black women for yeah. this film who, you know, I don't know anything about tailoring and whatnot. Sasha was like, Boo, just come over. We'll do this. Um, she did the D-Rags in two days, and she was nothing but a joy to work with. And if you in the audience know me, you know I'm scatterbrained. I'm a hot mess. Mm-hmm. I usually have an idea. I have no idea how it's going to work. Like these beakers here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy one, <laughs> you can buy one for a $12 donation. Um, but I love folks like Sasha who hold space for just the creativity. And she had my, you know, my femme ass roll up in her house with some cloth from Joanne Fabric. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I wasn't going to shout out no white people businesses on the show tonight bleed that out keys pay us reparations <laughs> joanne and then maybe yeah. we can leave it in where's joanne at mm. joanne should have gave us the, the fabrics for free but anyways should have sasha had me come with those fabrics and she put together a beautiful piece and so again sasha is an example of how we can make something amazing you know with 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 minimal knowledge because i didn't know shit about making a do-rag and she was like honey i got you and she pulled this together for this film and so i want to send a special shout out to her and now I promise we're going to now do our lip and talk yeah, about bring our us story. over here. Come on. All right. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about um, my journey um, into just the kind of the creative gender world. Um, mm. Oh, my. What's wrong? I brought some ghetto um, earplugs, whatever. Okay, so. Ghetto until proven fabulous. Honey, these are just ghetto. Though. <laughs> 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 they will not be acquitted of their crimes, these headphones. Okay. Thanks, Bobby. and billy i'm still waiting for your cash app to come through right all right so all right so just like hold your mouth however you normally would not no (laughs) not in dick suck mode girl okay ready i know there are children in the audience but if they are well you are cursing and if any of my students at university of bleep are uh Uh listening to this and listening to us be ratchet, mind your business. Also, if there's a 30-second delay, someone bleep me. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. All right, so All right. the, um, I don't know, like, makeup and, like, femininity and, like, community and kinship is was always, like, a huge dream of mine. Like, mm. um, I remember when I was playing with my uh, gender expression, and I remember thinking, like, ooh, okay, so natural step for me is to do drag work. Mm-hmm. Um and RuPaul's Drag Race had come out a couple years before that. So I was like, okay, yes, now I see a model for what I want to do. Cool. Um, and I had this whole, like, uh, fantasy that I was going to step into, like, the sisterhood of the traveling wigs. Mm. And that uh, all these uh, drag queen mothers were going to... Um, Make sure I'm giving you neck. Am I giving you neck? You, you need know. to be giving me lips right now. Don't I'm trying, worry to, about you know, I'm trying to pose for you. Oh, girl, you could pose for me after I'm done with the lip. And so you were watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, yeah, so I was watching and I was like, okay, cool. So there's just like a whole sisterhood of like mm. drag queens and gender like benders out there that are just like waiting to open like with open arms to bring me into the community. And I was so excited because I was like, I cannot wait to have like a sisterhood. Mm. Girl, that is not what happened. Mm. Um, I found myself um, in an environment where it was very much like seniority was like the tea. Like, you know, the longer you had been doing drag, the more respect you'd gotten and you had to like pay your dues. Right. Mm. I just I did not get the sisterhood that I was hoping for. I didn't get the sense of community I was hoping for. I actually didn't see a lot of like young black queens who were had the same sort of like aesthetic and values that I was looking for at the time. And Mm. I think had I uh, had that and there had been people like, I don't know, if it had been a completely different world, essentially, Mm. I would have been um, happier with that. But 
I actually found, um, I kind of stopped doing drag as a performance and started like just playing with makeup. And, you know, YouTube became my sisterhood in a mm. lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And um, what's kind of great about having very similar lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still really wanted that physical connection. Like I wanted that proximity. I wanted to like have slumber parties. Mm-hmm. Cause again, I'm with somebody who hadn't transitioned to uh, like femme yet, but I had all these femme fantasies, like mm-hmm. sleepovers and like braiding each other's hair and like, Someone corn growing my hair or putting a relaxer in, girl. Cause at the time, that's what I wanted. Listen, we, we, made, that out. we made we made really bad decisions no, back then. And did you get did you get that? Um, no. Again, I had to find it in like social media and YouTube. Mm. And um, I actually eventually stumbled onto like burlesque, and burlesque is where I found the sisterhood that I was looking for. Um, now with COVID, I haven't been performing like at all, but mm. I had like three shows in a two month period scheduled mm. uh, before COVID and all these like people who were just like dying to show me the ropes and pass on the things that they had learned. And that's when I found that, Hey, maybe burlesque and like this whole idea of sexual taboo way more was like more my tease than, uh, you know, drag was. Mm. Um, and I was surprised to find that burlesque was a way more welcoming and inclusive community and sometimes drag has a little a bit of a reputation to be like tongue in cheek and kind of be like screw political correctness. But <laughs> sometimes that gets people in trouble too. That means that almost gave people like a uh, license to say the most um, uh, like offensive thing and be like, oh, this is funny. This is humor. It doesn't like rise to the level of like criticism. Love you. <laughs> um, and I'd, like, to each their own, mm-hmm. but uh, burlesque was super political and satirical and like goofy and campy and fun and sexy and inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and Afrotease, shout out to um, Vanessa Chevelle, who uh, runs Afrotease, and it's an all black uh, burlesque uh, production that they do at least twice a year. Is this Richmond based? Richmond based. Yeah. Ga- usually Gallery 5, but they've been doing it online. Definitely check out Vanessa Chevelle. T- check out the Afro Tees um, Instagram. They're amazing. And like, thank you to the burlesque community here in Richmond for giving me that sisterhood. Giving you that sisterhood. That giving me that motherhood. For. Just that like kiki hood. So even though, you know, there could be more black performers, but I, thank goodness for Afro Tees for like centering like black performers. Yes. I feel like speaking of black performers um, on stage and off stage, I, uh, I, when, when you're putting on my lip, which I hope looks cute, by the way, what do y'all think? Because um, I can't really see it, but it's it hard to cute. see in the slides. Oh, so. whatever. But y'all know I'm cute. Um, <laughs> true tease. <laughs> Did you say strip tease or no, true tease? No, I said true tease. Oh, okay, good. Well, I mean, like, this jumpsuit is tease really too. tight. Honey. Sasha, we're going to have to loosen her up a little bit because I can't get it. I don't know if I can get her off tonight. Sasha, make mine tight. <laughs> <laughs> While you were putting on my lip, uh, which I appreciate, uh-huh. um, obviously I would not want to share that moment with anyone but you, because no. you know how to put on a lip, honey, and you know how to make a girl play with her gender and, yeah. and, and just celebrate the the complicatedness that is, you know, waking up one day and wanting to put on a lip and tomorrow wanting to put on some basketball shorts, right? Because we can do it all. That is the beauty of blackness. Girl, wear a lip with some basketball shorts yes. and on the same day, yes. honey, you on know, a Tuesday. I always say, you know, blackness is inherently queer because we look at beauty and blonde hair and you know Rebecca's hair and all that stuff and we reimagine it and we create alternative ways of being beautiful of being dope of being professional and all those kinds of things and so I um I encourage all the black folks who are in the audience tonight to go home and like put on a lip because as Joanne the scammer says there's nothing like a red lip honey there's nothing like a lip get out of my Caucasian house All the Caucasians to the what? To the back, honey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Immediately. I'm, and, uh, I'm still waiting. We're still checking our phones because I know this conversation is cute. We have put together a really nice uh, con artistry little slideshow tease for y'all tonight to get you to go home and watch Everyday Black Matter. And so, again, like, you know, shout out to black artists and send, send us some love uh, through Cash App or Venmo, which I think is on the bottom of the screen. But as you were putting on the lip, um, before we start talking more about con artistry, yeah. right, um, I was thinking about... Uh, a black woman in my life who um, I have a complicated relationship with and mm-hmm. don't always talk about, um, but I do talk about her in my work, which is my mom. Yeah. And my mom, like, yes, of course, the state and, you know, the state in the form of homophobia and in the form of uh, 
the criminal justice system disrupted a lot of my time with her. Mm-hmm. But my mother was is one of those black women who, you know, would come home from work and would have the long ponytail on, right? And would rip that baby yeah, off to the- cook dinner. Mm-hmm. And then if, if somebody was coming over, would go back and put it back on. And she just was able to constantly transform. Mm-hmm. And whether she knows it or not, she definitely has informed the ways in which um, I think about my my gender, my fluidity, and um, the ways that I just like, you know, in, in love with like fashion and thrifting and just like finding something that like is is not quote unquote seen as professional or seen as beautiful and like be like, well, if I wear it, <laughs> period. Right. Right. And so um, my mom who lives in Jamaica, like I love you. And um, with everything that's going on in 2020, con artistry, which we will be defining and talking about tonight, um, is a direct kind of tribute to her because of the ways that uh, she raised us to center the things that bring us joy and the things that make us happy by any means necessary, right? So mm-hmm. if you didn't have it, you begged, borrowed, and sealed, and you found a way to get it. And I think that um, my mom and other folks um, who have subverted the system and who have looked at the ways in which, four, damn, the ways, in, the ways that the rules are stacked against us I think that some black people, including my mother, look at the ways that the rules are stacked against black people and they say, hmm, I'm still going to have joy. I'm still going to wear this diamond, whether I boost it or not, right? Honey, mopped. Mopped. Honey. Oh, yes. Hit me with a term. And so con artistry is uh, it's paying homage to the art of scamming, to uh, deception as a performance, mm-hmm. um, deception orchestrated by black people. And um, we, you know, folks in my life and yours... Um, who subvert the system and who, um, again, as I was talking about Black Matter versus Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. um, folks who look at the ways that the rules are stacked against us and they decide that their joy and their um, humanity is going to happen now. Mm -hmm. And they they use deception and system subversion, to use an academic term, but, you know, rule breaking, breaking the rules that, that are not designed for us in the first place. And they um, create a way to center their thriving versus constantly being riddled and reduced to our survival, Yeah. right? And I think so much about being in the academy, working for the art institution, um, you know, working for corporate, it is so riddled in like, we will get a grant if we're talking about black trauma. We'll mm-hmm. get a grant if we're talking about our death. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we're holding space for celebrating the fact that there is still joy there. And with all the ways that the state disrupted my relationship and my life with my mother, um, I'm using my scholarship and the access that I have being at the university that I work at and having the, the tools that I have to remember that there was joy there, to remember that there were times where it was just about getting on artistry is kind of paying homage to that. And it's an essential tool Mm. Come on, essential tool Mm. for moving our black bodies away from striving to survive and demanding that we thrive. And sometimes that is by any means necessary. And I want to shout out to our next guest, which is Dr. T, to remember um, who helped me, you know, bring this quote to life. Um, When we think about con artistry, we think about the art of scamming, the ways that some of us black folks are deciding to center our joy now and not wait for y'all you know who you are, to understand Black Lives Matter and to understand that you need to do your part to call your uncle in and end racism. Barium talks and all those kinds of things. Don't do anything for them unless they, they overpay, overpay you. you. Okay? And there, it will never be enough. Mm-mm. And so uh, Dr. Tina Camp and Naomi Campbell Mm. Help me put uh, that quote together because you know Naomi Campbell says I don't get out of bed unless it's worth a thousand dollars. Oh, I thought it was ten thousand. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Oh, see, Ooh. even I as—that's my black man. It's coming Ooh. in. You know, Naomi. I'm sorry, girl. Naomi. Ten thousand. She's not. She's not getting out of bed for you. <laughs> and you know, all jokes aside, that that quote, "Don't do anything for them unless they overpay you," is very important. And it's not just speaking to racism. It's it's speaking to all folks, women, queer folks, trans folks who are marginalized where they label us as marginalized, who are a minority, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's encouraging us to know our worth, right? So that when you go and do anything for these institutions, whether it be cis man, whether it be uh, the university, whether it be the art institution, whether it be white folks, et cetera, um, remember to tax them. Remember mm-hmm. that um, what they offer you is always a low ball and that there will never be a dollar amount to reparations because what you guys have done the debt that is owed, mm-hmm. it needs to be constantly uh, paid out. And so 
don't do anything for them unless they motherfucking overpay you mm. um, is about recognizing your worth and more. And so as we talk about con artistry, I want to hear um, about how con artistry, you know, kind of plays out into your everyday life and who you're thinking about. And for the academics that are watching, of course, we're talking about fugitivity, right? right. We're talking about Fred Moten. Um, Harney. Harney. Stefano Harney. Yeah. So the folks who like need, who, who need to hear us drop some citations before mm-hmm. you cash app us uh, $2.12. I know. Um, mm. You know that this comes from long scholarship in black studies, um, in particular Fred Moten. Mm-hmm. I would say Bell Hooks a little bit, who talks about the imagination of the marginalized. Yeah. Um, fugitivity, the ways that... Mm. Is it? Mm. The ways that black people create alternative worlds mm-hmm. so that our thriving and our joy can persist through all this bullshit that y'all have created. And in 2020, we're seeing it all um, burned down. Yeah. So tell me about um, when you read the definition of con artistry Mm -hmm. um, and when you heard the con artistry beat, which is playing Mm -hmm. tonight throughout In Light, and I'm going to feature it a little bit here. um, What kind of uh, comes up for you? Yeah. I loved some of the theory that I was exposed to in um, the undergrounds, um, which is uh, by Harney and Moe. We know know more than y'all. Because as Rebecca Walker says... Know how to do all the caucasity and, and back. Right. We read you mm-hmm. to, to survive, but we know ourselves so that we can stay authentic. Yeah. Okay. Making kombucha is not that hard, Michelle. <laughs> so um, when I started thinking about like black fugitivity, mm-hmm. it was um, this idea of almost it's so that's kind of like this uh, a more subversive form of like code switching for me. Mm-hmm. Um, wherein in I think in code switching like the oppressor wins, but what I'm doing is I'm intentionally putting on this mask to get through the first threshold. And then once I'm um, past it, I'm like, uh, surprise, bitch, I was black this whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so getting into the belly of the beast, right. To destroy it from within, from within, or at the very least, if, even if I'm not, if the beast or the institution is too large for me to defeat, then I'm at least going to take what I need mm. before the beast spits me back out because mm-hmm. I was too black for the palate anyway. You know, Dr. Uh, Towns, my homeboy who just came on the episode mm-hmm. before you, yep. just talked about that. Like, maybe it's time that as black folks re- renegotiate our relationship with these institutions and think about, like, maybe the point of getting a PhD is to go in, get the resources that you need. And, and, and be out. Yeah, and I think... Harney I don't know what that sound was, but uh, get sounded, it together. She sounded yeah. serious. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. And I think Harney and Moten even talk a little bit about like the um, academia or the university as being this place where that you, you know, it's almost an imperative for, and I could be misquoting, but this is what I got from it, that the university is a place to get in, take what you need, and then like bounce, like mop everything you can within arms, um, and mop means steal for all of the cis uh, folks out there. Um, uh, Mop everything you can, Mm -hmm. and then get out, Mm -hmm. because it's, we can't, expect uh, all black people to live in poverty or disenfranchisement as a way of like um, rebelling against the system. Some of us have to go through the system uh, and just for survival or because we want to be in academia for one reason or another. And so um, if I'm coming into your house, I'm taking all the silver with me, baby, when I leave. Con artist. about our lives and the ways that criminality is in bed with white supremacy, I think kind of artistry, putting this term as an as a everyday practice, yeah. I think it helps you to renegotiate, you know, who is a criminal and who isn't in a white supremacist society, right? Like right. the ways that some folks get labeled as entrepreneurs and some mm-hmm. folks get labeled as criminal has everything to do with race. Yeah. And even the idea of fugitivity, you could read that as being um, like con artistry or like um, a lot of times we think of the word fugitive as the, with the connotation of criminality. Mm. Um, I am a uh, French speaker, <laughs> excuse me, excusez-moi. Um, and when I think of the word fugitive um, in French, like fugitif, fugitive, I think of like on um, like fleeing, mm. this idea of fugitivity being on the run or um, fleeing. Um, not, And then there is this connotation of maybe from something, a criminal act, but for me, 
it's less um, about uh, running because I've done something wrong, wrong, but it's right. It's more about running um, away from convention, running yes. away from the mainstream, binary, right? Yeah. All yeah. of that stuff, yes. and and so that before it has a chance to taint me, yes. brainwashing. So. Yes. Um, when I think fugitivity, I think of running from um, this these things that are toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, in 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 practice, and you know, practice for me that means like getting into a PhD uh, program. Thank you very much, and doing it um, in a program that's intentionally um, interdisciplinary and intentionally fluid, so that I can get in with this. Um, facade of being like yes I'm your just like average like PhD student who just wants to do like average white supremacist things but once now that I'm in I'm like okay cool I'm gonna study taboos and like sex play and I'm gonna study um like hardcore raunchy sexuality and I want to play around with like quote-unquote body to use like a, a really like outdated word but like body practices and like take my clothes off and within that embed my own um, theory and practice. Because there's, there's a place for that. And so the folks who are listening, especially black folks who are listening that feel that the way that you show up or the thing that you're passionate about is not academic or it's not professional Mm -hmm. or it's not scholarly enough. Like Mm -hmm. it is. And I think that like the lie that they tell us is that you have to go to college and like study this thing that's going to equate to like a capitalistic job. Mm -hmm. And you know, the ways that sex workers, you know, set their worth and, Mm -hmm. and, and decide like, no nigga, you're not going to treat me like shit. I think that that, is worthy of being learned from. Yeah. And I think that it's important to think about, you know, the disrespectability politics that happens in sex work spaces and in burlesque spaces Mm -hmm. um, and really recognize that like these alternative worlds, if we want to call them that, um, are worthy also to be studied and to be learned about um, as they are. Yeah. Instead of just like bringing us on panels to talk about our experience, like, no, give us, you know, our, our due. And so even with the film Everyday Black Matter, it was so important to constantly, you know, remind us how everyday black spaces, whether it be the barbershop, the beauty salon, us just kikiing at the coffee shop, like um, those spaces are like the root of cultural production that happens in Richmond, right? Yes. And so as Richmond transitions to RVA, right, you want to remember that like this is a black city, you know? Yeah. So it's important to just always pay uh, homage to black women and the ways that, uh, all of us black folks create these kind of uh, cultural spaces. So I, I love hearing how con artistry like, you know, impacts your everyday. And um, yeah. to k- take it deeper, shout out to uh, Johannes. Did you hear the con artistry beat, which I'm going to try to yes. cue up a little bit. It's what you guys are hearing tonight, but here's a little um, sample of it. Cause I do want to hear Aurora's opinion about it. This is just some of it. So, Johannes Barfield, if you're out there, I fucking love you. You're dope. Um, the fact that you were able to take um, writing about con artistry and help transition that into sound, soundscape, right? Uh, uh, an experience that um, when I listen to the beat, I hear what I'm writing about, mm-hmm. right? Like I hear the, the, the complicated relationship between my mother and I, and I also hear the water, right? And I think the water is so pivotal to the ways that we think about um, black experiences when it comes to black life that has been lost, mm-hmm. um, black life that has never been um, recognized because it was lost in the water. Yep. And, and I, um, I'm thinking about Christina Sharp's book, uh, In the in Wake, Wake, in particular. And so um, it's crazy that, you know, Johannes's music um, is, a, is a reminder that, like, black life is interdisciplinary, as they say in academia, but, like, it's multimodal. It's, it's, it's in converse, we're in conversation with so many different mediums, and I think the way that um, we can think about something like con artistry 
as a way to remember the lives that have been lost. Without me telling him, he put that uh, the sound of the water in there. Mm-hmm. It's just like taking me to this kind of ethereal, yeah. metaphorical space about um, remembering Black life and you know the um, the challenge that I have put in my body to remember uh, the beautiful and the and the love that I shared with my mom, um, even though state-sanctioned white supremacist uh, um, things like homophobia and criminality, um, you know, put a rift uh, in our relationship. Yeah. And when I hear the ocean, I think of fugitivity because I think of the ocean as, you know, it was the means by which we were brought here and like against our will. But it's also the means by which I think of like leaving like the the world, like the like the terrestrial. It's, it's full of possibility. Yeah, absolutely. It gives mm-hmm. it's, you know, um, it, international waters. I think of like stealing some uh, rich white man's money and then leaving off in his stolen yacht. Like, you know, like. Um, but also in the other way where during the middle passage, some, um, people who had been kidnapped and, and from their, uh, continent, they jumped from the ships into the water for freedom, um, as their form of fugitivity. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the ocean is such, um, a powerful, um, symbol of, um, fugitivity and escape for me. Mm -hmm. So I loved that. Yeah. I, I love what you're doing tonight with, um, your thoughts around escape, yeah, right? Like escaping the binary, escaping heteronormativity, um, escaping, um, you know, conditioning of what professionalism mm-hmm. is, um, escaping these uh, white-centered beauty standards, yeah. and really just thinking about black life as dope um, when we um, find the space within our bodies and outside and, and together uh, mm. to be, yeah. right? Um, as you were putting on my lip, I, so many things were going through my mind of like, seeing my mother and my grandmother and my aunts throughout my life, like these black women who just like constantly, whether they coded so or not, were playing with gender, like we're yeah. doing the different hairstyles, et cetera. And I think about as a young black boy being like, I want to do that with my friends. And now mm-hmm. as a 32 year old um, black adult, like mm-hmm. being able to create a space where I could say, you know, Kadeem or Aurora, come over girl. And like, let's play in my closet. And just like how that is in direct, um, you know, homage to the ways that I saw black women in my life, just like, you know, always engaging in play. When the rent wasn't paid, when uh, my mother didn't know what, where, how we was going, you know, scam the, the school for the um, outdo school lunch bill. Like we were always scamming, yeah. but like amidst the scamming and the identity theft and all the things that I, that I grew up um, around, there was always space for um, what Christina Sharp kind of helps me think about, which is there was always space for the something else that is there. The, the escape that happens when you don't have money for the rent, but you're at the mall yeah. with your mom yeah. spending hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Right? I told my mom, like, at uh, 14, I wanted to get my eyebrow pierced. And she was like whatever yeah and then all the white people being like oh my god that's inappropriate and my mom being like my motherfucking son can do whatever he wants and how that has translated into me now being you know dr chaz Mm -hmm. and recognizing that like when they try to tell me what is professional or what is the rules thinking about how my mother was like excuse me yeah (laughs) i'm gonna do this the way that I do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like coming up to school when a teacher would call and the teacher, the white lady would be like, he was very rude. He was very disrespected. My mother being like, what happened? Right. What happened before I go talk to this white lady? Mm-hmm. Tell me what happened. Yeah. And then going in and then that white lady being like, Psh, you know what I mean? Like totally cussed out. Yeah. And so I just think about how, you know, we're constantly as black people, um, especially black women. Yeah. We are labeled as too much, mm-hmm. you know, unprofessional, mm-hmm. all these kinds of things. And how like a lot of times it's like, check those definitions, boo, because a lot of times they're just trying to police our expression. Yeah. And, you know, um, side note, I got my tongue pierced on my 14th birthday because yes. my mom took me. Hey, thanks, See, I'm mom. not fast with these, these sound effects, but yes. Hey. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was late. No, it was magical. Sorry, it's a 30-second delay. It's Keys' fault. Uh-huh. See, white people are always slow. <laughs> Damn it, Keys. Please don't leave us Keys. We don't know how to work any of this. Um, and all you white tech dudes, like y'all can pay reparations too. You know, help me edit this podcast with free, Joe. Right. Well, uh, give us your life experience. Lend us your experiences. Right. Um, and I shout out to the tech people at the, at the university for which I work at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For which every time I go in there to drop off my uh, faculty computer, mm. they be like, "Say it again." They be like, faculty mm. computer. 
<laughs> doctor faculty computer. <laughs> doctor faculty. Tell me why this white boy, same white boy, be like, um, are, 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 uh, uh, it says faculty. Yes, bitch, I know it says faculty. What does your badge say? Janitor. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what I'm saying is, I don't know if it's ageism or racism right, right. at the university for which I work at, but y'all need to recognize that people who look like me are professors. Because right. when I go pick up my faculty computer, I don't know if it's ageism or racism or a combination of both. Because y'all be having some complex stuff. Right. But they never see me as the professor. I'm like, but I have on a whole heel. What's the problem? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tanner slash Parker needs to mind his own business. Um, I was going to say, when you were talking about like the way that black women play with gender and mm-hmm. are kind of a, are inherently queer, I completely agree with that. And we don't label it as queer. Y'all don't label it as queer. Right. Yeah. And, and black women don't, yeah, black women don't label it as queer either when, in, you know, the, or when I was growing up, it's not like we were like, black women were like, yeah, we're queer. Look at us doing these queer things. Transforming. Right. Right. Escaping. Yeah, exactly. Escaping because at the end of the day, I always have felt like black women have been left out of the gender like discussion as oppressive as gender can be black women were still um, never seen as being women or being like ladylike or uh, effeminate and so um, and were therefore um, seen as challenging of masculinity mm-hmm. and uh, demasculating too all these much. things too much exactly too much words, yeah. too much to be uh, feminine but not enough to be seen on the same, you know, at parody with men. And it makes me think of, um, oh Lord, Lisa Spiller's um, Mama's Baby, Papa's, Papa's Maybe. Baby. Yes. Um, and talking about how like women- if you're in black studies, you like have to read that. Right. And it's, it, it, it is, I will, I will tell you, if you read that and you're like, what am I reading? I don't understand. Me too, girl. Same. It is, it can be some um, really dense language, but- from what I have um, absorbed from it, it really talks about like women not being allowed to be black women, not really being allowed to be women because they're too um, objectified. And it's been a while since I've read it, so I might be misquoting. But it's this idea for me well, that she opens the essay saying like that she is a marked right, woman. exactly yeah, right, yeah, and that's so what you're at. Um, it it makes sense that black women are inherently queer from my perspective because they're also. A queer being outside of the binary, which black women were were relegated outside of the binary from the beginning. You know, chattel slavery really changed uh, the way that we look at black women mm-hmm. in our society. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really I think that black women are inherently queer. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking of queerness in this idea of escaping mm-hmm. um, mainstream or um uh, categorization. I mean, I feel like along with con artistry, you've created a theory tonight, right? You see how dope black people are? Look like, us. we created a theory right now. It, <laughs> it wasn't um, even hard. Reparations for that. Okay, that's an honorarium check. Uh, oh, I got one. Did you? Yes, honey. Um, I, I need to catch up. I for think me. that it's really beautiful what you're saying because um, it's important to remember that, like, these rules, right, of mm. respectability of, of these gender rules, they don't work for black women or black people right. in general. And right. so when we decide to follow them, mm-hmm. right, you're, you're just perpetuating, you know, a world in which, like, eventually you will need to escape as well. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it took me to do all the right things, mm-hmm. right, to get the college degree, to get the master's, to, to travel abroad, mm-hmm. you know, to do all the things that the white girls do. Mm-hmm. And recognize that, like, whether I have the PhD in front of my name or not, whether I have the money in my wallet or not, mm-hmm. when I walk into the store, when I walk into the library, that is that little question when I'm picking up a faculty computer. So I think it's important especially for us scholars out there, people that are running art institutions, et cetera, to remember that there is something to be learned from the black folks and other marginalized folks who have decided, like since the institution will treat me like shit, whether I have the money or not, or have the degree or not, I'm gonna do some scammer shit. And that's why I think it's, it's important to hold space for the folks who from day one um, have decided that there is an alternative. Yeah. And that's, I think, what I'm really trying to cultivate with the Black Matter space is like, it's not just a podcast or a social platform to like bring on Black people and Kiki. Mm-hmm. It's to bring on Black folks who I think, you know, in their daily lives have um, cultivated alternative worlding. Yeah. Right. Yes. And um, not to sound all like sci fi for y'all, but like, I, I love sci fi written by. I love sci-fi stuff that's written by people of color. Come on, Nettie Okarafor. Jose yes. Munoz, right? And so um, 
I I love having these conversations with you because as your friend, mm-hmm. I see you um, escaping yeah. in a way. I see you holding space for like, I'm going to do this thing called life my way and I'm going to have my beauty aesthetic and my, my reparation mm-hmm. now. Yes. And so um, I hope that as you navigate... Because, you know, let, let me give you some mentoring, mm. right? Okay. Come on, give it to me. I Mama. hope as you navigate, you know, the institutions for which you're involved in, like the mm-hmm. academy, et cetera, um, that you, like, hold true to that because yeah. there are so many tests, right? There are yes. so many tests to that. Um, and there are so many things that will utilize your labor as a black trans woman, as a black woman, to constantly, um, you know, ask you to give, to give, to give, to put energy, to give talks, to be on panels. And I, I, I want you to um, just always remember that, like, don't do anything for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, the same thing. and I took those words to heart. Um, I did a like a 20 oh, minute yeah. talk with like a big um, marketing and digital marketing agency here in the area. And I remember for which who is in Richmond? Yes, <laughs> wherein um, we don't want to shade them because we want their money. All money is green. Please call me back, and I feel like you liked my talks. So like, <laughs> I would love some more of your money, please, money, please. Um, and so I remember when they were asking, they you know put the ball in my court and said, "What would you like to be paid for this?" And I was like, "Great, love that question." Open ended is a little scary, and I it's got overwhelming. Ready, it, it's it is overwhelming, yeah. and it feels risky because mm-hmm. it feels like if you say the wrong thing, they're going to be like, Oh, actually we changed our mind by. Um, and mm-hmm. what I did was as I was writing back, I had Dr. T's words in my head and I was on some like fuck shit. Like I literally said a ridiculous number back to them and I, for 20 tell, minutes, to an hour, the oh, I'm not, I'm not telling y'all the number cause I'm going to try and get that number again at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. Um, a ridiculous number and um, and I knew it was ridiculous. I would have said, hell no, if somebody said that number to me. And um, they kindly said, okay, uh, well, we don't really have that in the budget. But what they did do is they they uh, quoted back a price that was um, still higher than what I would have said originally before mm, I was thought of Dr. That's T. Yeah. So, and we don't learn these things. No. You know, we don't have the, the generational or like legacy wealth no. to like understand like how you put price tags to, you know, coming to a space and talking about your life. Dr. Tiffany Jana was one of the um, only, first and only black women um, other than my sister, uh, Chelsea Hicks Wise, to sit me down and say, this is what you should um, be mm. charging. And mm. here's, and even said, here's what I charge and here's what I ha- charged before I got like my big break mm-hmm. and really broke it down for me. And um, also uh, Fatima Marsh, um, Fatima, I'm forgetting uh, your uh last name and your middle name because I know you like to go by your middle That's name. okay. I mean, I'm a sound engineer yeah. so I can mm. edit it in. Thank you yeah. with my voice yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're black. Yes, we can exactly. do anything. We can do anything with nothing. <laughs> the world is ours in 2020. <laughs> Someone in the audience uh, cash up us the amount of what it ever it costs to edit that in. Yeah, <laughs> it costs $3,000 to edit that in and you can send it to Aurora-Higgs um, either at or dollar sign. And for the white people that are in questioning about paying me, like I have a puppy. And you know um, they love dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, that's a good point. Because you know they love dogs way more than they like black people. Shout out to the white people who live in Jackson Ward who have been like all of a sudden talking to me Mm -hmm. and saying hello and greeting me when I take out the trash. Um, because I have a dog now. Right. It's like, wow, now I have a face. Honey. Because y'all have never... In Richmond is small, so I'm sure y'all will somehow hear this, but y'all have never... I have lived in the same house for three years, and they've never said a word to me. Ever since I got Bozzy, child. Yeah. Well, you're not... Stopping at my porch. You're not dangerous if you have a dog, mm-hmm. you know, because you're living they the white know fantasy. what I'm teaching my dog. Cat. Honey, right. My dog be pickpocketing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a dog, um, white people, but still give me money. Yes. Um, I'm supporting my family. Yes. Um... I don't know where we are. I don't know. Well, we got about five minutes left, but I do five minutes left, right? <laughs> you, well, Keys is not the gatekeeper. We got five minutes left. <laughs> White man, please tell us how much time we have left. <laughs> Negative 10 minutes. Negative okay. 10 that minutes. means we have about six more minutes left. <laughs> right. 
had CPT. If we translate that through CPT. CPT yes. So if we're over 10 minutes, we got about six we're, minutes. We're actually 10 minutes early. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we can. <laughs> Shout out to President Kamala. I don't know why. I just think about Kamala. <laughs> but, you know, to wrap up, I, I adore you. I adore um, you. I love that <laughs> you were so brilliant that as I brought you on, as Wendy Williams would say, my show to talk about um, con artistry, you've added another layer to the theory. And I think, you know, in our other episodes going forward, like we definitely should do more kikiing, critical kikiing about um, escaping. Yeah. And I think that like, it's so beautiful to reclaim that word, especially through Johannes's use of the water, yeah. um, to really think about what it means to um, escape, the, escape these binaries and live your black ass life on the other side in the alternative space. Because when I talk about these things, I'm not trying to sound like this, you know, theoretical academic, when I think about these kind of utopian spaces, like it's not this thing that doesn't exist. They do mm -hmm. exist. Like the, the vibe that you and I cultivate um, as two black queer folks who, you know, you come to my house and we kiki and we yeah. put on a lip and do all those kinds of things. Like that utopia does exist. You mm -hmm. know, spaces where um, black male identifying folks can play with gender, it does exist. Yeah. And it does happen in some barbershops, yeah. right? And spaces where black women um, are seen for who they are and not um, policed in terms of like, you know, too much or over emotional or a bitch because you tell someone don't step on my fucking foot, right? right. Like, I think those spaces do exist, but we have to be um, responsible for them. And yeah. we have to, you know, remind folks that like, tonight is not about you, yeah. you know? And so tonight we're at this mural, give her her flowers because it's about just holding space for black love and holding space for uh, black life in the ways that black women um, and the kitchen tables of black women, I'm thinking about my auntie Sharon and my grandmother, like how those spaces are like these metaphorical and also like physical um, spaces that represent the alternative worlds. The yeah. worlds where like I could go, I'm going home for Thanksgiving, by the way, to Connecticut. And like, yeah, like during this motherfucking 20, 2020, the bullshit that this year has been and the bullshit that I deal with at the university for which I work at, mm. um, I cannot wait to get to Auntie Sharon's kitchen table and be like, let me tell you. Yes. Right? And I'm bringing, I'm bringing white, Auntie Sharon all kinds of wine and mm -hmm. gifts because the emotional labor of black women does need to be compensated. And I recognize that as a black man. So I'm going to get her some gifts. Yes. But like, I just want to sit at the table. Yeah. I just want to sit at the table. Like yeah. there is not enough money or, you know, we're at the Valentine museum. All of that is cute. But like, there's nothing like just being able to go to auntie Sharon's house and be like, auntie Sharon, like auntie. Right. Girl. That's the table I want a seat at. I don't want a, a, yeah. a seat at the boardroom it's, table. It's another world. Yeah. It's another world. And we just need to start, black people too, we need to start recognizing those, those tables, those yeah. spaces, the, the spaces for which we, we feel like we can be. Yeah, let's center the right tables. Yeah, the, the spaces where, where, where we can be. I think 10 years ago, if folks asked me, like, why are you getting a PhD? It's like, oh, because I want to like, make change in the university. Mm. Now? No, I, 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 well, let me, let me be quiet because I'm trying to get a job. But, and I need healthcare. Healthcare is real. Yes. But I think that it's about, you know, um, thinking about what our black dreams are unrestricted mm -hmm. and how even um, our dreams, right, the things that we, that we dream about are still connected and, and, and riddled in like white supremacist bullshit. Yeah. And so I think leaning into some queer black, Teachings helps us to kind of decolonize even the things that we dream about. Yeah. And I love doing that with you. Yeah. And I think that we will continue um, to do that. And um, I want you to, to close us out with anything that you, you know, you want to add. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that I love you. I love you. And um, even though you're Virgo. I am and a I'm Virgo. And I'm a Gemini. <laughs> But I my best you. friend is a Gemini yes. too, so I think we have some good. I adore you, and I adore what I all that I have learned from you, and the, the trust that you've given me to be here and to be in this space and to be in the film, and just you know your openness mm -hmm. um, and how when you think about escaping the binary, you're not um, going by yourself. You're taking the girls with you, and um, I appreciate that. And um, I hope that we continue to do amazing scammer shit together. Yeah, scammer shit for life. If I'm going to say anything as I leave, I'm kind of t thinking about paying homage and giving flowers to those who are still around and those who are not. Um, I just want to take a space and just say the names of um, my Aunt Ani, who is still um, still out here being amazing and fabulous. And I just, I love her so much. And um, I also want to pay homage to her late daughter, my cousin, Quasia, who passed away um, in 2018. Uh, she was two years younger than me, and she was 
the the brightest light. Um, and when I think of fabulous, um, and I think of like hair and color, I think of her. And finally, um, I want to um, say the name of my my uncle Click, who um, was tragically uh, murdered, and um, was a black, uh, effeminate uh, queer man who taught me everything that. I know about just being authentic and not doing or being what people want. So thank you to the three of you. Um, you've, you're everything to me and um, you're the reason I'm here. So shout out to everyone that has um, had a hand, um, black women in particular, who has had a hand in bringing Aurora and I here into this space, um, this physical space, but also a metaphorical space where we are living as ourselves and um, we're holding space to, to escape the, the bullshit that tries to um, police us and, and reduce us down. And so um, I'm thinking about my mom right now. I'm thinking about my auntie, folks who, who let us know, like, there's another world. So if you want to reach me, um, again, I'm a speaker and consultant um, and a model. Uh, I'm doing a lot more modeling gigs, which is super cool. Mm. Um, my uh, Instagram is at Aurora, who is she? All one word. And my cash app is dollar sign Aurora Higgs. And my um, Venmo is at Aurora dash Higgs, or it's the other way around. Aurora Higgs should get you there. Um, yeah, I'm just doing PhD and trying to make a life for myself and help support my family so that I can bring the girls with me and whatever yes. success I find. Yeah. Johannes on the beats, my G.